Hello, nephew community. My name is Dr. Josh Garibaldi, and I'm a medical science liaison with OTSCA. Welcome to another episode in the Hot Topics and Nephrology podcast series. This is part one of a four-part mini-series where we dive into risk factors that can aid in assessing risk for rapid disease progression in ADPKD. Predicting which patient's disease will progress rapidly to kidney failure is critical to facilitate early initiation of kidney protective measures. While height-adjusted total kidney volume adjusted by age is one of the most validated methods to identify risk of rapid progression in ADPKD, there are other factors that can be considered. In this episode, Dr. Shah will discuss the link between family history and genotype and risk for rapid disease progression in ADPKD. Welcome, Dr. Shah. Dr. Shah is an assistant professor of medicine and associate program director of the Nephrology Fellowship Training Program at the Warren Alpert Medical School of Brown University. He completed residency in internal medicine at Temple University Hospital, followed by fellowship at the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania, where he served as chief fellow and received advanced training in medical education. His primary interests are home dialysis, including both peritoneal dialysis and home hemodialysis, topics in which he has published numerous peer-reviewed articles, as well as textbook chapters and has lectured both nationally and internationally. He is a decorated educator, having mentored dozens of medical students, residents, and fellows, and received the Dean's Excellence in Teaching Award, Department of Medicine Teaching Award, and Nephrology Fellowship Teaching Awards at Brown, and is a winner of the American Society of Nephrology's Innovations in Kidney Education Contest. He is a fellow of the American Society of Nephrology, the National Kidney Foundation, and the American College of Physicians. All right, Dr. Shah, if you are ready, let's go ahead and get started. My first question for you, what is the link between family history and risk of rapid disease progression? First of all, thanks for having me. And I'm going to start by doing something that every first-year renal fellow learns to do very quickly, which is answer a question you didn't ask. And then I'll answer the question you did ask, because I think when talking about risk of rapid disease progression, we need to start with the preferred method, kind of start with the gold standard before we move to the surrogate. So just to briefly review that gold standard, the way that the preferred method for identifying high-risk patients with ADPKD is the Mayo classification system that categorizes patients into low to high risk using demographic data like their age, height, and total kidney volume. And that total kidney volume can be calculated using images from a CT or MRI. And the advantage of this is that it really gives you a strong ability to predict an individual patient's EGFR at any point in time. And it helps you classify patients as high risk for progression. So classes 1C, 1D, and 1E are classified as high risk for progression. But you still wanna be able to add more than just what you can get from the Mayo classification. And there are other things that you can use. And one of them is exactly what you just mentioned, which is family history. So there is a, a strong link between family history and risk of uh, rapid disease progression. If you have more than one or more family members who have had kidney failure before the age of uh, about 55 to 58, that has a positive predictive value of 100% for a PKD1 mutation. If you have uh, one or more family members who have had kidney failure at later than 68 to 70, that has a positive predictive value of 100% for a PKD2 mutation. 
And your PKD1 mutations have a higher risk than your PKD2 mutations. So you can, based off of your family history and when kidney failure onsets in your family, risk stratify your risk of rapid disease progression. These are not perfectly sensitive, so you cannot completely discriminate based off of these, but if you do identify it, they are very high uh, positive predictive values. Great. Thank you, Dr. Shaw. And I know you touched a little bit about this, but can a patient's genotype or specific type of germline mutation predict his or her risk of rapid disease progression? That is also a great question. And the mutation class alone cannot be used to predict disease severity with complete certainty. The way I like to think of this is your genetic risk kind of gives your total risk. So whether if you have a PKD1 mutation versus a PKD mutation, that certainly can help predict a kind of global risk, but your total kidney volume is your personal risk. And so I like to combine these two, kind of combining your genetic risk and your personal and environmental factors and come up with more of a global assessment that uses both your genetics as well as your total kidney volume. So your PKD1 versus PKD2 can give you a general idea of your risk, but you can combine that with your total kidney volume to really give a personal idea of your risk. Great, thank you, Dr. Shaw. So, so kind of to elaborate a little bit more on that, when would genetic testing be indicated? That's a great question. And I will say, while I do like to combine the two, I don't perform genetic testing in every patient. This is something that is kind of changing because there are a lot of things that are changing around the world of genetic testing. But I think most nephrologists would agree that if you had uncertain imaging results and you needed a definitive diagnosis, let's say you have someone who's interested in being a transplant donor, uh, they may want to get genetic testing to make sure that they do not have polycystic kidney disease. If you have atypical presentations, either a very early and severe ADPKD, or if you have kidney failure without significant enlargement of your kidneys, if you have uh, marked asymmetry and disease severity between the kidneys, or if you don't have a family history, uh, sometimes the genetic testing is used when required for reproductive counseling. The thing that I would point out is that even with genetic testing, up to 8% of patients with suspected ADPKD, don't, we don't find a mutation in a comprehensive screen. So it's not perfect. And there are limitations. Uh, there, the biggest limitation to me is the finding of a variant of unknown significance. There's a lot of lacking genotype, phenotype associations. So the biggest limitation to me is that a lot of times the genetic testing is not completely, will not give you the information you're exactly looking for. You also have to be careful with genetic testing and what it may mean for future insurance issues, life insurance, health insurance, uh, that you may find what you're looking for, but you may find a lot of things that you are not looking for. So when in all of those settings, genetic testing is indicated, if you do not have those settings, then that's where I find using shared decision-making is really important. So walking through the risk and benefit of genetic testing, and some patients will opt for it, some patients will opt against. Years ago, cost was a major limitation, but the cost of genetic testing has come down significantly. Great. Thank you, Dr. Shaw. And I know you touched a little bit about how you like to use genetics with some of these other factors like imaging, for example. But so maybe this question will uh, bring some of that back together. But if patients within the same family likely have the same germline mutation, right? So the child inherits that specific germline mutation from their parent. Why is there so much intrafamilial phenotypic variability? And what other factors are at play? 
another awesome question. And I like to think of this as nature versus nurture. So there definitely is a variability in terms of the presentation, even with people who have the same genetic factors, even people who come from the same family. Uh, there was a study that looked at 484 patients from 90 ADPKD pedigrees, and they found there was significant variability in the age of onset of kidney failure for PKD1 and PKD2 fam in families with more than two affected individuals. And they felt that this was likely modified by environmental and other genetic factors. So to keep in mind that you can have other genetic kidney diseases as well, other genetic factors that can either promote or inhibit kidney disease. We'll talk about in future podcasts, other things that can modify your risk, including uh, hypertension, urologic events, including weight, including gender. So there's a lot of kind of nature beyond just your mutation. And then there's the nurture aspect. So there is, what is your socioeconomic status? What are your uh, social determinants of health? There is, what are your other medical problems? So the genetics give you a large perspective, but not 100%. Great, thank you so much, Dr. Shah, for that great overview. Thank you, Nephew Community, for joining us today as we dove into the link between family history and genotype and risk for rapid disease progression in ADPKD. Please check out nephew.org for future webinars, podcasts, and events, and follow us on our social media platforms. Our handle is at Nephew Community. Our podcasts are also available on various platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and of course, on our Nephew mobile app. Thanks again, and we look forward to seeing you here at Nephew next time. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.